0: Welcome to the Food and Faith Podcast, conversations from the soil and around the table, with your co-hosts, Sam Chamlin and Anna Woofenden. So Food and Faith Podcast, people, it's Anna and Sam, and we realized that we really haven't hung out together much and haven't hung out much on air. So we just finished up a business meeting planning all sorts of Food and Faith Podcasts fabulousness and then we thought we may as well hit record and say hi to our community and let you know at least how we are you could let us know uh, how you are too
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah it really has been a season of transition for us so which is super exciting um, and that includes the pod in so many ways but uh, yeah certainly explains why you know 2020 you know we're excited about getting things off the ground but it's been a little little here and there just because just because there's a lot going on and it's, and it's exciting stuff for both our lives.
0: So Sam, you're the one who's had, I think some of the biggest transitions in the last few months. So do you want to share with our listeners
1: your multiple moves? I guess the big move um, is that, as as I guess most of you know, I've always, since we've been doing the pod, I have um, the keep until, which is my church plan. And then I also have a classic church in the United church of Christ that I've been pastoring. Um, and I've recently moved to a different uh, established church. Um, so I'm pastor at St. Mary's United Church of Christ now in Westminster, Maryland, which is a weird place to be for me because it's it's just a couple of miles from where I went to elementary school. It's in another farming community. Um, and what's really cool about it is that they have been supportive of Keep and Till from the outset actually contributing missions money to us all that kind of thing so they're really excited about the project um and then i had one gentleman here when i was interviewing say you know uh this is one of those churches that's really going to allow you to flourish at at, at k and and so um it's a wonderful community here if you were watching the youtube video you see i have my own office which is very exciting that might be the thing i'm most excited about um and the kids in my and the kids and jenny my wife are really happy about it too so um so we're in the middle of a big transition settling into this place but um It just feels like a good step for us, so we're very excited, and uh, you know, and looking forward to figuring out what this new call is all about.
0: Yeah, you listeners might not know that often when Sam and I are recording, um, he's recording in his like home office or in the bedroom, and then occasionally I will see children crawling across the room, (laughs) and like I'll see them at the top of the head. They're trying to stay out of the video. But I spot
1: them. <laughs> and they're not doing they're not doing a good job yet. And they're like they're like, Daddy, you're gonna have your own office? I'm like, Yes, I am. They're like, does that mean you're not gonna be podcasting in the middle of the house anymore? And I was they're like, Well, like- I don't wanna swear to that but I'm pretty sure that means I don't have to do that anymore. So they're like, so you mean like, we can like do our school and like be loud and have fun and we don't have to sit around and be quiet. And I'm like, yes. Now this doesn't mean that my children hate our pod. It just means- I mean, it does different. kind of
0: get in the way of their life. You know, you were doing a lot of things in a small house. So, all
1: right, all right. so yeah, it also means that uh, the dinging bell clock that I had in my living room is not in my office. So I won't have that either telling us when it's time for the pod to be done.
0: Yeah. These, these are all good things. It is good. These are good things. And I think you also have some new members of the farm.
1: Oh, geez. Yeah, so...
0: You want so, to tell us about that?
1: All right, so in conjunction with this move... Um,
0: Which, by the way, thing, just to clarify, is a physical move.
1: Yes, it's uh, also... Not, a not out move. of
0: state, but like different houses as well yeah. as different offices, right?
1: I moved about 20 minutes away, but yeah, we moved into the parsonage. And so in, in conjunction with this move, um, my first Sunday was, let's see, was the second, February 2nd or 3rd, whatever the first Sunday in February was. Along with that, um, my son Caleb had bred his very first pig to have piglets for his 4-H project. They were due, if I remember again correct, on January the 28th. Of course, she's a brand new mom, and so she's not going on time. She waits, she waits, she waits. Finally, the Saturday before my first Sunday here, we're like, we probably got to get her started. So we gave her a little bit of a hormone just to get her body going and started and then, before then, about ten o'clock Saturday night, I get a I get a text from my mother in law, which is where my where these pigs are, and she says she's pushing really hard. So, I grab my son Caleb, pitch him in the truck, we head on over to the farm, all right, and we assist with this with this birthing process. Problem is, again, being a new mother, she's just not interested in giving birth to anything, and so she's being really slow. And it was getting to the point where we were really worried about it. Um, piglets are supposed to be born in 20 to 30 minute intervals and between the first couple of intervals were about an hour and so the longer that those pigs are in there um, the more likely they are to be stillborn um, and so we were concerned about the ones on the back end and so so ultimately Caleb and I just kind of look at each other this is a first for both of us and we're like all right what are we what are we going to do here Kev kind of looks at me he's like do we have to go in and get them I'm like yeah I think we kind of do <laughs> and so we actually had to go in and start, start pulling piglets um, all night long. And so we got through about five of them. And then it occurred to me, I was like, I looked at my clock, it was two o'clock in the morning. And finally you like,
0: that you had to preach your first. sermon. Like, yeah, I, like,
1: I have to preach in the morning. Like I can't any other Sunday, I'd be fine with it. Like if it's my hundredth Sunday in a, in a pulpit, I don't care, but it's my first, <laughs> it's my very first Sunday. And so finally like, I can't do this. So, and and Caleb was getting stressed and I was starting to feel out of my element a little bit. Like the longer this went, just the more that yeah. I think it required a, a steadier hand to make sure that everything was going okay. So I called my mother, who's a lifelong dairy farmer, two o'clock in the morning. She was really pleased to hear from me at that hour.
0: <laughs> I'm said, sure.
1: I said, Do you mind coming over and helping Caleb finish this process? I said, I've got to, have got to be, I've got to be ready to go on Sunday. Um and just like a, like a beautiful, wonderful mother, she said, "I will be right over." So Aww. she 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 threw on her farm clothes and, and ran over to my in laws house, um, and helped helped him deliver the last five. So my head hit the pillow about three o'clock. It was back up about six o'clock, and I have no idea what happened that first Sunday. Um, but it was it was. I heard like, on
0: Facebook that it was good.
1: It was an extraordinary day. It was just like like for me and just my vocational call, like as I, I went home finally and just crashed on the sofa, like you've ever been too tired to fall asleep. Yeah. Like that's where I was. And I was like, I was just reflecting on this. So I was like, wow, like both parts of sort of my vocational call are all kind of, are all mm. synchronized at this point. There's just an awful lot being in being born into the world that day. So it wasn't just the piglets or a new call. Like there was a real sense, you know, that, that Caleb was becoming a, was having a whole brand new experience in farming so there was Mm. this really profound you know watching him grow as a young man and attempt something that scared him to death but he knew he had to do if 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 this was going to work um watching him to continue to develop a relationship with my mother they just understand each other you know Mm. sharing that late night (laughs) that late night ag experience um and then watching my congregation just celebrate with us um you know, as, as this new call is being birthed, um, you know, and celebrating, you know, and, and it's been funny. I've been going around trying to visit folks since then. And people always introduce me like, yeah, this is our new pastor, Pastor Sam, and he's an Aggie. Like there was this sense that like, yeah. I have some real credibility in a farm community because I've pulled a couple of piglets, which there's more to it than that. But it was cool to watch this community kind of wrap their arms around me and say, hey, he's kind of one of us in some way. Yeah. So, um,
0: there's something about that crossover that was meaningful to them.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. And I mean, so much of how I do pastoral care is informed by how I care for animals. I mean, you know, in the scriptures, she's being called the good shepherd. Like, you live into these situations, you start to understand what it actually takes to be a shepherd sometimes. So, um, been doing a lot of reflecting on that and just grateful. So, it's been insane. And now, now we've got a baby pig in our bedroom who is not doing well at all. And so last night was every hour and a half getting up to feed it electrolytes and a little bit of milk. So, but that's what you do when you're caring for others. And so that's how it goes. So the story continues, but it's been a, it's been an interesting couple of weeks for sure.
0: A lot of new possibilities, new, new season. I guess so. (laughs) Well, we're excited to hear how it Continues to unfold, and I think it's will it certainly inform the conversations we have here. And
1: that's it's good. certainly on my mind, that's for sure. So I'm going to be yeah. thinking and just thinking about this for a while. And you know, and I wonder how how young we're allowed to go on the podcast. Maybe I need to throw Caleb on here for just like yeah, just like swine corner where you know we yeah. give him five minutes to update everybody on the on the progress of these little Berkshire's.
0: I think that's a great idea. That's- <laughs> Of course, you can't just call him in right now because you're in your office, not in your house, and he's not yeah, in the other room. I, I'd be
1: like, just reach around, grab him, be like, hey, boy, come here and tell, that's, me, that's tell right. me about this. <laughs> so, so yeah, so we're in good shape. We're in good shape. and uh, But well, I'm not the only one who's been flying around like crazy trying to put a bunch of different things together. So um, you are about to... Well, I guess you're an author. You're just not... And you're a published author; just the book's not out. So, what's the official term? (laughs) Speaking of things being burst into the world,
0: (laughs) I don't know. Yes, it's a a soon to be. It feels like this very, very long process of, you know, because I finished the manuscript last June. Jeez. Right. So I was like, and I'm done. And then it's like, and now the next part of the process comes. Then it's like, and we have a cover. And now it's on Amazon. And now, so yeah,
1: not just on Amazon. I, I saw know. what you posted. T- say it. I'm going to make you say it.
0: So for about 72 hours or maybe 48 to 72 hours. It say was,
1: 72. It's more.
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't know that exactly. But um, for a couple of days, it was number one in Christian ethics and theology, new releases on Amazon, which is thanks to our amazing launch team who all pre-ordered it within you know, the couple day window. That's true. Um, so that was very exciting. Um, and yeah, it's been fun to start the launch team. If any of you who are listening want to be on the launch team, I still have a few spots left. So just shoot me an email or a Facebook message at AnnaWoofenden.com. I mean, dot Facebook editor. Just <laughs> Shoot me an email. Um. But it's really fun to see people all over the country and over the world um, getting excited about what this book could be. It's a little unnerving because people are like recommending it and excited about it, but they haven't actually read it yet.
1: Don't tell anybody that. (laughs) There's a few of us that have read.
0: There are a few of you who have read it. Um, So, yes. um, Yeah, I have to learn how to not read the trolls. There was on somebody's page they were very excited about it and somebody commented like well you know people can be like good pastors and be really bad writers and i'm like great thanks lovely um, so these are all the all the learnings as a in process to being published author um not to take things personally and let it have a life of its own but um i'm excited i'm really it's a exciting it's vulnerable um, Ultimately, it just feels like, you know, this book is very much an extension of the ministry that I did at the Garden Church. I feel like it's kind of the um, continued offering of the blessings of being able to be in that community and witness stories and witness the way that God was at work. And my hope is just that in sharing the stories that um, other people will be inspired not specifically to do the same thing. I don't think that the answer is a million garden churches, but that people will be inspired to ask some of the questions about what does it mean to be church now and how is God present in various settings and what does it mean to be faithful in this generation? So it feels like of questions that people are, are wanting to wrestle with and wanting to engage. Um, So I'm excited.
1: Yeah, you should be. I think, what you offer there is really important. Like it's not like th- this entire movement, which includes the podcast, includes your book and other books that we've talked about and other, other pe- people doing other things. It's not about, Hey, like, here's a, here's another like prepackaged thing. That's kind of new and hip and you can just apply it. It, what I took out of the book, um, as you read through the stories and read through your reflection on it, like what it is, it really is a guide and narrative form to how do we think through the place where we actually are. Um, and in that way, I mean, it's a super pastoral book. Um, mm-hmm. It reflects your answers to those questions, but what I, what I took away is really leaving open space for, for, you know, whether you're a small group leader or a pastor or just somebody who's out in the world, just trying to do some good, like thinking through how you root good work in a place. Um, and so, yeah, so I feel like it's a tremendous offering in that way. And so we will have to do a full pod. Like you're going to have to be a guest here at some point. And I get to just hammer you with questions, which will be fun. Before the pod comes out, it's worth going to pre-order it. And just do yourself a favor, order like three of them. Give one to another ministry leader of yours and one to a friend. Because those because those pastoral those pastoral reflections and ways of thinking through ministry and activism and social work in place. It's just so important. And it you're right, it is the conversation we're having. As a pastor, these are the conversations everyone wants to have.
0: Well, thank you, friend. And the book is called This is God's Table, Taking Church Beyond the Walls. Nope, that's not what it's called.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving that in. You don't know the title of your own book.
0: <laughs> I don't. There were so many iterations of the the uh, subtitle. It's called "This Is God's Table: Finding Church Beyond the Walls," which is actually a very important theological difference. That yes. it was that it is not we do not take church from inside the building and take it outside. The the possibility of church and being the people of God together in community is always available to us, including outside the walls. So, finding church. Outside the walls. Nope. Beyond the walls. I can't even remember. <laughs> it's been a long day. Just search. This is God's table Anna Woofenden, And whatever like subtitle comes up, it'll, it'll, it'll Just be great. It. Yeah. Finding church beyond the walls. I'm looking at the cover. I promise you that's really, <laughs> truly the subtitle of it. Um, you have a picture
1: of the cover and still, still struggling with me.
0: <laughs> well, I wasn't looking at it because I think I know the title of my own book by now, but you know, um, Yeah, you can find it on Amazon or even better, Sam can tell you it does actually work to go to your local bookstore and request it, which makes me very, very happy. So Yeah. So um, I'm actually going
1: to give a shout out to Curious Iguana in Frederick, Maryland, who I reached out to. And I said, Hey, can you order this book? And they're like, Absolutely, no problem. It'll be here. And so now because I ordered from an independent bookseller, not only have I supported their business, but I'm looking forward very much to a night out with my wife as we have to drive down there to go get it. So um, so make, make a day of the book. It's
0: perfect. It's perfect. Well, friend, I have to wrap up and get to one of my other jobs. Um, cause y'all podcast community know that we just do this podcast for fun, <laughs> 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 but we have all these other jobs but we yeah, do to like have... pay the rent. Yeah. Um, but we, uh, it's great to talk to you. It's great to, be back in conversation with our listeners. And we have some great guests lined up for these next few months. I'm really excited. And we have some exciting things that are unfolding with the life of the pod and where we might show up in the on site in the future. And I'm going to leave it all very vague until we have details, but know that Anna and Sam are scheming to how to do more holy troublemaking in the world around the intersection of food and faith. And we love that all of you, our listeners, are part of that work and conversation.
1: And my suggestion then to our listeners, because we're gonna show up in some interesting places, is go ahead and share the pod. That way, when we show up and people are like, oh, I found this new pod. you would be like, yeah, I was in on the ground floor. All right, so now is the time. Now is the time to share it and look, look like you were in the know the whole time. That's
0: right. And if you don't yet follow us on social media, you should because that's where we'll also say things. So on Facebook, we're food and faith com because on Facebook it's just food and faith podcast. Yes. And on Twitter and on Instagram, we're food and faith pod. P O D. And our website is www.foodandfaithpodcast.org. Which, if you forgot all those other handles, you can go to the website and find them there. And we're so grateful to all of you for being part of this community.
1: I know I say to I say to KT a lot. I was like, I can't believe you showed up. And sometimes our listeners, I'm like, you keep downloading it. I can't believe you keep doing that. So thank you. Thank you so much.
0: We're excited that there are seminaries across the country who are asking these questions related to food and faith and ecological well-being. It's Memphis Theological Seminary, which is currently accepting applications for the doctorate of ministry in land, food, and faith formation. This is a dynamic and innovative low residency program that's open to students who are passionate about the intersections of ministry with agricultural practices, food justice, care for the land, and the role of faith communities in both rural and urban settings. If you are engaged in some of the conversations we've had here on the pod with our guests like Reverend Dr. Heber Brown and Reverend Naria Love Parish, these are examples of some of the conversations and instructors that are involved in this program. This is an opportunity for people from all different walks of life to come together and explore the intersection of theology and ecology of food and faith. The first two weeks residency for this new cohort at Memphis Theological Seminary takes place in June of 2020, and applications are currently being accepted until April 30th. For more information and to apply, you can visit memphisseminary.edu slash landfoodfaith. That's memphisseminary.edu slash food, faith.
1: Thank you for listening to the Food and Faith Podcast. Our collaborators are Wake Forest School of Divinity, Plainsong Farm, The Garden Church, and The Keep Until. Music is by Paul Deemer. Follow along and keep up to date with the podcast on Facebook at Food and Faith Podcast. Twitter and Instagram at Food and Faith Pod, or on our website at foodandfaithpodcast.org.